a little bit surprised, you know, but I think uh, as you get into kind of that range in the draft, teams kind of diverge a little bit on what they need to fill out their rosters, and, you know, some players kind of slip a little bit, uh, and, and you end up, you know, getting a good bargain on a guy. What, uh, what kind of strengths do you see in him in his game? Uh, in him, I think when you see him out there today, you'll see a, a, a long player. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's very tall, he's lean, he's got long arms, covers a lot of ground, and physical. He's a physical tackler. That's probably the, his best asset. Series that's coming out. But they have described the Jags as the most active team on day three. Uh, okay. If you could give us some insight, perhaps, without uh, you know spoiling the TV series as to how busy you were. And I know, obviously, Trent alluded to it when we spoke with him that Saturday. Yeah, gotcha. It was uh, it was busy. So I think we had we had six picks. I think three sixes, three sevens, uh, and so and the the time frame on those picks is very small. Uh, so there's not a lot of trading. If there is a trade, it's happening very fast. Um, and you're trying to get kind of everybody, make sure everybody's on board with these guys as they come off. Uh, and then you're also kind of tr trying to plan for free agency after the draft to fill out your 90. And as everything makes a pick, it changes, you know, who's uh, who's going to be available. So it, it is hectic, but it's it's fun. You know, that's, the, that's kind of the most active part of, of the draft weekend. Usually draft days are pretty boring. So a little, a little bit of activity is fun. Are you still surprised that you guys really weren't able to trade up? Uh, not really surprised. I think it's, uh, you know, sometimes it's just more difficult than others. You know, you have to. It takes two to tango, right? The old cliche, but um, you know, and you have to get the right deal with the right team at the right time, and just, uh, you know, it just unfortunately didn't work. Uh, but I think we're overall we're we're pretty pleased with the guys we have. Parker Washington, when you don't have this testing because of the ankle injury, what kind of challenge is that to kind of figure out and verify speed? Yeah, so that's an interesting one. Uh, you're exactly right. Uh, testing numbers are becoming less and less available. Uh, in the draft at this point, so uh, his was necessarily because of injury. Um, but we have we have some other ways to measure speed. We also have information from the school. You know, their their strength coach can provide us with uh, with all kinds of information about it. And then a big part of of what we do here is just the video. You know, how fast does he play? How you know can he do the things that we're going to ask of him once he's here? And I think he certainly can do that. Do you have an estimate of what like his forty would be? Uh, not healthy fast enough. You know what I mean? I guess that's he falls in that category. Yeah. Do you get beaten down as the assistant GM in charge of making all those phone calls to try to move? Uh, it made it sound like you had had a pretty rough day. Game <laughs> I didn't know it was that bad. But uh, no, it's uh, it's just kind of part of it. I mean, you, you make a lot of calls. The worst thing they can say is no. You know, but you just kind of have to keep keep digging, keep finding another another team that'll listen to you. Um, and it's uh, it's spread amongst a number of people too. So uh, I don't I don't take all the breath of that. <laughs> what is he like in Anton? In Anton Harrison, I think uh, it goes back to. Uh, really to the fall, like when our scouts and, and Mike Davis and the college scouts are on the road, they go into Oklahoma, they really like the athlete. He's got really quick feet, he's a, and he's a very efficient pass protector. Uh, I think his, his pressure's allowed rate is, is extremely low. Uh, and then uh, mentally, he's been great. Uh, at some point when one of our scouts was in there, about middle of the season, he'd, uh, he'd made one mental error. For the season, so uh, he's a reliable guy. It's going to be where he needs to be, and he's going to and, and a really efficient player. How, how important is it, just on your side, to get input from the positional coaches when it comes to picks like that? I know Phil was there at Oklahoma's pro day, so we get a look. Just how important is that? Yes, yeah, so it's very important. You know, if uh, you know, if scouting and personnel, or pardon me, coaching and uh, scouting aren't 
on the same page with a player, it's going to make it really hard for him to to have success in in any program. So, uh, and Phil's done a great job. Phil likes to to get out, get his hands on guys. He's kind of the the typical O line coach, and so he he uh, you know he made a number of spots or a number of visits, and and he really enjoyed it. And I think uh, you know he comes back with information that you know that that he uh, you know his specialty, right? So kind of the exact things that he's looking for, and when he finds it, he lets us know, and we try and get those players. What sold you guys on Ben Trump? Miller, guy who wasn't able to do anything since December, since surgery. So what was kind of making the, the push you over the top there for the quick round? You know, uh, I think when you when you look at the film when Ventrell's healthy, he's a really good football player. Uh, he's very he's very instinctive. He's quick. He can run. Um, and then additionally, off the field and in the locker room there at Florida, he's been a multiple-year captain. He's a he's a fantastic kid. He has the you know the DNA right that we're looking for in the locker room. Brent Strange said he had very limited, if at all, any contact. Uh, have mm-hmm. you ever drafted a player that had that limited of contact? And how would you describe his contact throughout his uh, process? Yeah, so I th- I have drafted players, uh, you know, with that amount of contact. I think actually it's probably pretty standard. Um, I think we, uh, you know, we've had some really good connections at Penn State, uh, you know, that have coached him, hands-on coaching him. That a lot of our information came from them, you know, outside of the normal school visits that you do in the fall. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, we felt really good about the player, about the person, uh, and about what he could do for us. Um, you know, I think I don't think we really had any questions at that point. How much did the scouts visit Penn State? Maybe he didn't realize, but they were there. Well, yeah, exactly. So Penn State, obviously one of the you know the more prominent schools in the country. So we'll have uh, we'll have really three scouts visit uh, multiple times. We'll probably get up to like six times that we're there. And then you know if they are playing in another area, uh, you know we'll have you know additional people watching them as well. When you got done drafting free agency, what'd you like about Daquan Jackson? Uh, Daquan Jackson. That's that's an interesting case of kind of how the, the scouting process works. So uh, he, he uh, you know, a little bit undersized, right? So he's not a guy that, that stands out in the, uh, in the fall during the season, but he tested pretty well. Uh, we go back and review guys after they test and, uh, you know, found out that, like, hey, this guy's a really instinctive, savvy player, and he's a really good tackler high percentage tackler. I think he's over 90% for his uh, for his career. Uh, then we get him here as a local workout guy. He does a nice job in front of uh, in front of the coaches there and really kind of he, he earned his contract, you know, with what he's done on the field and in every step of the way after that. With, yeah. uh, with Abdullah, what did you guys sort of see in him? Obviously a smaller edge type of player, but what did you see on tape? Uh, yeah, well, I think he, he's, uh, I don't know, I'd say small, I'd say short. You know, so he's he is short but long armed. He's got a he's kind of a wide frame guy, and when you see him, uh, you know, just watching him check in yesterday, he he does have some some thickness to him, some power on him. Uh, he is a little bit different though than you know the Trayvons and the, the the Josh Allen's of the world, just in terms of overall size. Uh, he's very very fast. Time speed's excellent. His get off is excellent. Very instinctive, and he's a unique guy uh, in the sense that I, th- I believe he's 25 sacks for his career. And 25 special teams tackles for his career. So you don't, you're not going to see that very often. Uh, especially three, four outside linebackers usually aren't uh, in a role on special teams. But he has that chance. Is there a bigger learning curve, I guess, because he is a little shorter? I mean, just in terms of getting used to the NFL. You know what? I think uh, uh, there, there's probably he's probably going to rush a lot of the same way. But it's really more of a learning curve for the tackles that have to block him, right? So those guys that come off with speed and are a little bit lower give those tall tackles trouble. Uh, so I think in his case, a lot of times it'll be an advantage. How do you evaluate a guy like Derek Parrish? Position change. There's not a lot of fullbacks in the league. Wasn't a fullback on the roster last year. Right. Yeah. So that that's a tough one. Um, you know what we do, and this kind of goes back. I think a, a long time ago, we had a 
a player named Bruce Miller from Central Florida that yeah. led the nation in sacks, and we converted him to fullback, and he ended up being a, a pretty solid player. Um, as long as they have instincts, as long as they can run, they're good with contact. Um, you know, I think there's a role for a guy in the NFL. Uh, he's a, you know, he's a, a uh, was a pretty successful head rusher there. Again, you know, being a smaller guy, uh, but very fast. And you know, I think the, you know, we do a lot of things on offense. Uh, formationally, we present a lot of people problems, and having having a fullback, uh, you know, I think allows us to do even more of that. Kind of give more two back looks. So he's a guy that we want to try. And quite frankly, there aren't many fullbacks in college football. You know, that uh, that's kind of a, a dinosaur. So. Do you see any similarities to Bruce Miller in him? Uh, on the field, they're both they're both savvy and high effort. Yeah, absolutely. If you're able to say uh, how many of the 13 draft picks did you actually get to watch in college? Like, did you actually get to visit with? Uh, to visited with them quite a few. Watched all of them. Uh, not watched in person in the fall all of them. So, uh, but we, yeah, we spent a lot of time. We've kind of been locked in that room since the day we got back from Indianapolis and have gone come through everybody. So it's a, it was a pretty thorough process. Well, I'm curious if there's any of them that maybe like you, I know you alluded to Anton, you guys have had contact with so early in the process. If there was one that you just happened to watch so much and then obviously you guys end up selecting him. Yeah, no, I think the kind of the, some of the guys at the later end of the draft, the Parish, uh, Vohasic, some of those guys were kind of guys that uh, elevated themselves either through the testing process or through through tape later uh, as we, as we got to them, but uh, you know they they proved themselves worthy. What was your assessment of Vohasic? Because Trent seemed to be really high on it. Yeah, and uh, as you guys know, Trent Trent loves the D line, and that's kind of his uh, you know his his specialty. Um, but he's again a guy that came up came up late and watched him, and he's a. He's kind of the throwback. He's the blue-collar interior defensive lineman uh, that has all of those all of those qualities, and he's a you know he's a unique unique case in that he's a he was a junior college player, so he wasn't really highly recruited out of high school. Uh, and North Carolina is not taking very many junior college players, right? And he ended up there and uh, and had a heck of a career. And what what we hear is we heard a lot of good things about him from the school from North Carolina, but then when you talk to the schools they play, that's always somebody that they bring up like, hey, t- you know, take a look at this guy. He gave us problems, and uh, and ended up proven right. Going back to the fullback real quick, I don't. He hasn't played a ton of fullback, right? Correct. So how do you find out? Like, I assume the fullback in your in the offense, you're going to want him to catch the ball, be able to catch the ball. Mm-hmm. That'd be an ideal. How do you find out whether this guy can catch the ball? Uh, at, yeah, at the pro day, you know, take right. him off to the side and, okay. and play catch with him, or you know, kind of uh, you know, see see whatever information you can find on a on a player. How, how important was the All Star circuit for some of these big guys? I know a couple of them were East West Shrine guys. Yeah, so the, the All Star game circuit is is uh, that's that's one of the tougher evaluations ever because people come in uh, in so many different stages, right? So if you're you know playing in the national championship game, you're at the peak of your season and you jump right into a into an All Star game where some guy might have been you know, played in the last game in Thanksgiving. Uh, so everybody's at kind of at different stages. Everybody has been probably training for the combine and then back to football. Uh, so it, it's great. Probably the best thing that we get out of it is the chance to sit down and talk with them face to face and kind of make that, establish that contact and, you know, make a connection and see if he's a, the type of guy that we want here. The crowded running back room, what does Tank bring to the table? What do you like about his career? So uh, uh, love Tank, love what he brings, you know, as a, uh, as a kind of well-rounded running back, so when you look at, uh, you just throw the throw the stats out. Um, top five fastest running backs in the draft, top five heaviest running backs in the draft, top five yards after contact. 
uh, in the draft. So he's a, he's a guy that plays physical. He plays aggressive. He's going to finish runs. He's going to finish runs going forward. Uh, and then you know, despite that physicality, he's still pretty effective in the passing game. So I think that gives us, you know, another guy. Uh, you know, I think in this day and age, leaning on one running back is pretty hard. So uh, the more you have in that room, the better. Uh, final roster spots. Does money come in? I mean, you look at final contracts years like Thomas and, and Clay Brooks and uh, Shaq Quarterman. Uh, very little dead money, but if you let go of them, you bring back about a million apiece. How do you weigh that compared to to rookies or undrafted rookies who may cost half? Gotcha. Much. Does that come into play? So when I you think make a without without getting into those specific guys, um, basically every time you're looking at a player or potentially making a move, it's how does it affect you know the team and the on-field product? How does it affect the locker room? And then how does it affect the salary cap? And so all of those three things kind of have to align with what we're trying to do in order to make that move. What, what's per, what's the best case scenario? A guy's got three years of knowledge to be here again, or looking down the road about, you know, financially maybe you can say goodbye to a couple of those players and, and go out and get another free agent. Yeah, again, I think I think it's all kind of on that individual case. You know, do we have do we have somebody in the wings that we see, you know, can can ascend past what we have? If we do, that's great. Uh, or hey, what what's available in the draft? What's available in free agency? And just kind of kind of trying to put all of those pieces together and figure out what what's best for us. First first three draft picks and maybe even the fullback fullback will help you Potentially help you in short yardage. When do you guys first have that conversation with the coaching staff, or, or internally in terms of this is this is an area we need to go and get better at? Gotcha. Well, constantly throughout the year, you know, as uh, as the season progresses, how can we tweak the roster to to get it better? And then really a big time uh, is is immediately after the season. You know, let's sit down, let's see what the contract situation is, let's see, you know, what we were good at, what we weren't good at, and you know, how can we improve? And uh, the coaches kind of they they. You know they evaluate the players. We evaluate evaluate the players. What are their potential roles? Um, you know, and what they see their needs are, and then we try and try and go through and fill oh, as many as we can. Where was that on the list of needs? Getting better in short yardage. Well, I think I think getting better in the in the run game overall is you know, and pass game pass game overall. I mean, that's schematically again, that's more Doug. But hey, that's something that anytime we can get them a weapon that diversifies their offense or defense, it's good for us. All right, got time for one more. What was this like for you? Because I believe you came in last July, August, or you were here. I, I came maybe like roughly now. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't remember if I was here for rookie mini camp, but um, it was. Uh, you know, it's a different different building, right? So it's different than what I've used to for the last what, eighteen years. Um, but it was a great experience in terms of how everybody comes together. You know, it does. This isn't just scouting. It's not just coaching. You know, uh, Fergie and the medical team did you know physicals or medical workups on you know probably 500 players. You know, they, they do that. Uh, Marcus Pollard and those uh, his group help us with interviews, help us kind of find out about the person, right? Uh, you know, travel, flying guys in and out, uh, analytics helping us with, you know, with finding kind of relevant data and how we should use it. All of that stuff was uh, was really good, and it kind of came together very, very seamlessly. So I'm very, very proud of how that process worked. Different than San Francisco with Doug's involvement, maybe perhaps to other head coaches? or. Uh, no, I think Doug, Doug, and the coaching staff are, are great to work with. I mean, it couldn't couldn't be easier. I mean, negative. It could, yeah, it could be no, they could be you know. No, I'll, San Francisco, but no, I'll, I'll be honest from from my perspective. Uh, you know, again, working with any coaching staff I've had has been has been relatively easy. You know, it's just making sure that we that we get on the same page and and uh, you know if it's a player we both like, let's get them. You know, and if there are concerns on either side, maybe we need to hit the brakes and, and uh, look at somebody else. So.
Thank you. All right. Thank you. You bet. All right, you guys, there's lunch in the TV studio.